Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. These services. Today, as part of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, we have our very special guest. He is the president of the Gwen Fund. His name is Chris Olinger. And welcome to the show, Chris. Hi, Peggy. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited because you're doing something very, very cool that I'm uh, very excited to tell people about. Um, Tell us about your background and about being an animal lover. Sure. Um, So, yes, I am a lifelong animal animal lover. I grew up on a farm in Northeast Ohio. My grandmother was a vet tech for 48 years, which I think is crazy that, you know, somebody stays in one place for 48 years. <laughs> um, she definitely, you know, kind of planted those seeds and, and showed me a lot of compassion for animals. And so that's something that has stuck with me. Um, I've volunteered in several different organizations um, throughout my life. And when I moved to Atlanta, I did work for um, a rescue group here. I served on the board of directors for several years before I branched away from them and looked into kind of growing some experience in other aspects of animal welfare. That's very cool. So you told me earlier, you're a three dog family. Yes. Tell us about your three dogs. So I do have three. Um, Our youngest is Stevie. Um, so Stevie is actually an Anatolian Shepherd Great Pyrenees mix. Um, so she's she's our baby at a little over a year old now, and um, I'm still blown away that she's over 100 pounds. <laughs> a year old, she's huge. Um, and then we have Jackson is our middle. He is seven years old. He's a blackmouth cur, um, and we actually rescued him from Atlanta Lab Rescue, and then. Grant is the old man of the house. He's 10. Um, and Grant was actually a foster failure because um, I've always been very good at, <laughs> at foster failing. Uh, they come in, they're supposed to you know, stay for a hot minute, and then I end up keeping them. So I've had Grant for about seven years now. I love when the dogs get older and their muzzles get gray and yeah. they get the bushy man eyebrows. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. They're so cute. My Wolfie right now is nine and he's a uh, husky Labrador uh, mix and uh, he's getting that old man face and it <laughs> it's the best makes me want to kiss him. <laughs> so you started the Gwen fund because of a love dog that you had named Gwen. Yes. yes. Tell us about Gwen. Um, so Gwen, um, you know, at, I always struggle in telling this story because I feel like there's there's so many different elements that I want to share. But, you know, Gwen kind of came into my life as an accident. You know, it was a situation where I wasn't really (laughs) trying to go get a dog, but um, it was another rescue situation and we found the puppies. I ended up keeping her. I smuggled her home in in the pocket of a hoodie that I had on. you know, it was this very unexpected thing, but she ended up being like the best thing that ever happened to me. And she was with me for 15 years. 
Um, so really through, you know, we kind of grew up together. I was 22 when I got her. Um, and so, you know, as at, at the end of her life, um, just seeing how many people she touched, um, it, she really was a unique, a unique dog. Um, and whenever she passed away, it's, it's sort of, there was this kind of a light bulb moment where, um, you know, I, we, we saw that there could be an opportunity to help other families. So 15 years old, that's amazing yeah. for a large dog and a Labrador in particular. Yes. Yes. Oh. I'm very grateful that we had 15 years, uh, you know, cause the older they get, you know, I mean, I think chocolate labs, they're like 11 is, is pretty senior. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was kind of nervous, but then after a while, you know, you think, well, she's going to be with me forever. It's so hard to imagine the life without them, you know, even though you know that it's going to happen, it's, it doesn't seem real. <laughs> no, I know. And it seems like when you get them as a puppy that, you know, they are going to live forever and time marches on and, oh my gosh, dogs really put it in our face, how quickly time goes by mm -hmm. and um, that their lives are so fleeting really, but they make such a huge impact, as you said, that, um, that we can't imagine life without them. Yeah. But you were inspired to create the Gwen Fund because of Gwen. And now the Gwen Fund provides financial aid for critical palliative care, hospice care, and after death care. Yes. And we thank you so much for doing that because there's such a need. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So although I know it might be hard to tell this story, um, tell how Gwen inspired you to start the organization. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, the, the end of Gwen's life, you know, we were getting to be, I think, well, actually, let me back up a little bit more. She was probably 13 years old and my husband and I were traveling. Uh, so we were actually in New York. Uh, we live here in Atlanta and we have a dog sitter who stayed at our house uh, with the dogs whenever we would travel and it's midnight or so we, we had just, we had gone to a show, got back to our hotel and the phone's ringing and it was our sitter who said, you know, something's wrong with Gwen. And she, you know, she, at the time she said, I think that she had a stroke because she just, she stood up really quickly and then immediately kind of wobbled, she vomited um, and then fell over and really she couldn't get her back up. Aww. And uh, yeah, it was, it was devastating. And so she, she the, she, our dog sitter, uh, her name is Stefania and she is my hero. Um, and she's probably, you know, she's a pretty petite person. She's maybe five feet tall and, you know, 90 pounds. <laughs> and she carried, um, Gwen was about 75 pounds. She carried her down a flight of stairs, got her into the car, took her to the ER vet. And um, she had a vestibular uh, disorder. So Gwen was hospitalized for three days. Um, and her total recovery was probably about three months before she got back to normal. But that was, that was the beginning where it, it, it really took a, a pretty nasty toll on her overall health. And so from that point on, we really kind of started to keep an eye on her just because we thought she is 13, she's 14, you know, 
what do we what do we do? And uh, you, you, you try to start thinking about planning, make a good plan for the end of life, because, uh, you know, it's just it's just what we talked about earlier, where that that's something that we try, we tend to try to avoid. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, so fast forward now, you know, her her health is declining. Other things are happening to her. We had a series of visits with our with our doctor. Um, and the, the tab is adding up, you know, but we are spending thousands of dollars now. And at the very last visit, by this point, Gwen wouldn't eat or she would pick, um, she would pick at her food. And so the vet offered us three different scenarios. She said, you know, we can, we can do nothing and we can just see if, you know, how this rides out. Maybe she's just, you know, maybe she's just being a picky eater. <laughs> maybe there's nothing wrong with her at all. Or there was another panel where it was about $250. And then there was another set of tests that we could do. And that was the most expensive option at about $750. But our doctor said, you know, that is where we are likely to find the answer. And so we, we gulped it down and, and we did the, we did the expensive test. And it was within a couple hours that we found out that she was bleeding internally. Um, she had a tumor, she had a hemangiosarcoma that had ruptured. And at that point, you know, we were at days, maybe two days for her. So the doctor was able to stabilize her. We were able to bring her home. We had a really nice evening. Uh, we did have some people over because like I said, Gwen, Gwen had a way with, with people. She touched a lot of people. And so they came over and we had a really nice, like little farewell party for her. And then she passed away the next morning. Um, and again, it, 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 as devastating as it was, it was like the best scenario that could have played out. Um, the day that she died, though, was when oh, we got back in the car uh, after leaving the hospital. And I, I kind of got angry because I thought, I never would have been able to forgive myself had I not, had I not paid for that test or, you know, what if we hadn't had the money? What if we couldn't afford to do that? Uh, basically her death would have been a, an, an awful experience. It would have been painful. We probably would have rushed her to an ER uh, and we never would have seen her again. That, that would have been it. And um I just, I found it so frustrating that that's what it came down to. It came down to the ability to pay. Uh, and that was the light bulb moment for us where we thought there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way to help people. Nobody should ever have to, to go through that. Well, what a noble cause too, because I have been in emergency rooms where people were crying in the lobby because they're being told it's going to cost thousands of dollars and they don't have the money. Yes. And, you know, the, the clinic is asking for credit cards. They're asking for the deed to your house, the title to your car. I mean, it yeah. feels like you'd be willing to give them, you know, your firstborn if you had the opportunity, but you're right. Not everybody has the financial means to make those kinds of decisions. Yeah. And um, if the Gwen Fund can fill that gap for people, what a blessing. Yes, yes, that's, that is absolutely our hope. Um, so if you had to put 
the mission into words, what would you say that it is? Uh, so, well, our mission is to is to provide financial aid for criti critical palliative hospice and after death care. Okay, exactly what we said. Yes. Okay, um, and I, and I'm glad you think about the after death care aspect of it too, because that sometimes you know we might lose a loved pet very kind of suddenly, or even if it's a planned um, event but then not knowing or not having the resources or the options for, well, what do we do now? Yeah. Um, you know, are we forced into a communal cremation when it would be our preference to have a private cremation so that we can have the cremains from our loved pet come back to us? Um, yeah, so those are the, those are the tough decisions, I, I agree. The after death care aspect, you know, you're so whenever when Gwen passed away, uh, we were I, I was a mess. <laughs> I mean, I was a complete mess until the day that that the the crematory called and said that we could come and pick her up. And I I can't explain it, but once she was here, at I immediately felt better. Uh, it really did change um, the grieving process. I felt so much better because I thought, you know, my life will never be the same again without her. But I felt like she was still here. And uh, and and so you're absolutely right. It's it's like people need to have that option. They deserve to have that option. I think so. Um, I recently handled the estate for a client of mine that. <laughs> we discovered she was a huge animal lover over her lifetime, but we discovered she had about 30 different little urns with her pet's cremains. Wow. And um, when we did the final disposition with her ashes, we did the same with all of her pets. And um, it was such a heartwarming moment though, yeah. to know that they were all together. Yeah. Um, and and she cherished those, obviously, because she kept them in her house all these years, you know, throughout her entire lifetime. Um, so, yes, it is lovely. And I also have a closet full of cremains um, from pets that have gone before me. And um, someday I hope somebody does me that same yes. favor. Right? <laughs> put you all back together. Yeah, put us back together again. But um I, I love it when a pet psychic told me one time or an animal communicator said that um, for our pets, and this always makes me feel better, that um, they haven't really left us. They're just in the other room and that they're always watching us um, because she said the number one question she gets from pet parents is, you know, do my pets miss me as much as I miss them? And she said, it's always a weird question to answer because the, when she's communicating with the animals, they, the pets are confused because they're like, I never really left. I'm, I'm still here. You just can't see me, right? Yeah. Um, so I hope that's true because that makes me feel a lot better about, um, about the fact that we're surrounded by our animals at all times. Absolutely. Um, so it sounds like when, um, when Gwen passed that she passed of her own accord, you didn't have to euthanize her. 
No, we did. Oh. Uh, we did. Yeah, it was, um, you know, we, we still had to make the choice, but we basically, we were just kind of getting ahead of, um, you know, of what was coming. There were, there, literally, she said they've, she's got maybe 24 hours. So okay. you need to be proactive. And so we did, we did. That was a very hard, it was still hard. Like, even though I knew that we were doing the best thing we could do for her, uh, it's still, it's a very, very hard spot to be in. It's not one you ever want to be in, that's for sure. Nope. But the nice element to that is that she could be at home. And um, I'm so proud of the organizations that are available to us today that we haven't always had that option to have our pets at home with us. And now there are organizations that are dedicated solely to making that a loving process in our homes um, so that our, our pets can be surrounded by their pet friends and their family and all of the people that they love. Um, so that, that part of it, I love. Mm -hmm. So what can you tell us about how many um, families you've been able to help since your inception? Yeah, so we are very, very new. Um, so we've actually just got our first case. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. This has been, uh, it's been a long journey. Um, there's been a lot of learning involved <laughs> because, you know, uh, starting this, it's, you start to peel back the layers. You're thinking, oh, well, then you have to do this thing, and then you have to do this. And so it was a lot of it was a lot of setup. There was a lot of fundraising, uh, building up the capital to be comfortable and opening up our financial aid program. Um, so we actually opened up financial aid in January of this year of 2022. Okay. okay. Um, and it yeah, the program is is operational right now. Um, it's just a matter of you know we, we of course fundraising is. Kind of the perpetual state of being for nonprofits, so always. we are still always building that. But um, we're trying to spread the word. We want to let people know that we're out here. Uh, we do both work with um, clinics as well as individuals. So uh, individuals can apply directly on our website. Um, but we are, are we are also trying to work with emergency clinics and, and private um, providers so that they can use us as a resource as well. That's terrific because, I mean, that's really how you're going to get the message to the people, right, is if the clinics are aware that you exist and um, have this uh, opportunity to be able to help when maybe they don't have any other choices. Yes. Um, so, yes, I think that's a wonderful way to do that. Um, I also see on your website, and we want people to go visit at thegwenfund.org, Gwen, G-W-E-N, the Gwen Fund, um, that you have some volunteer opportunities available. Yes, yes, we have lots of volunteer opportunities available. <laughs> <laughs> Endless um, supply. <laughs> yes, you tell me what you would like to do. Um, I think right now our most important roles that we are looking to fill are a social media manager. Uh, so that person would manage our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, probably help us with the website a little bit as well. Um, we are also looking for event planners. Uh, and then we are looking for just teams to kind of be out on the ground and help us reach 
care providers. Excellent. All and we are also actually looking for, um, because we have a store as well, uh, we are looking for some artists to maybe join our team to help us kind of do some cool stuff, um, you know, to, to just build up our store and, and help out pets that way. Awesome. I think that's great. Thank yeah. you. Um, and of course, you accept donations as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, never, we never say no to donations, right? <laughs> and uh, I visited your store and you have some cool things available. So um, we hope that people will go. It has Gwen's picture on it. Um, there's mugs, there's water bottles, t-shirts, and 100% of the proceeds go towards helping animals in crisis. Absolutely. Um, I love that. So thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. Are there any uh, final thoughts that you have that you'd like to share? Uh, no, you know, check out our website and um, follow us, of course, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's the Gwen Fund. The Gwen Fund. And we've been talking with Chris Olinger, and he is the president and the founder and the chief bottle washer and uh, <laughs> head fundraiser and everything there is. Plus, he takes care of his uh, three dogs that he loves. And uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us. We try to bring you interesting people each and every week to talk about on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of the regular places. And you know my personal motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And until next time, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!